Oh, we're a quarter of the way there. Oh, so fast it's not fair. Cat and Wigs are an exciting young pair. Oh, and I like their new hair. Saunders dresses with flair. Welcome to episode 122 of Wolves Cast, the show that will take your breath away like a Jarrett Culver free throw attempt. It's hosted by me, Scott, and the Kata Bates Diop of the podcast, Robert. Good to be back and flattered to be compared to the great KBD. Yeah, upgraded. A Big Ten Player of the Year, I believe, at that's some right. point. That's so. right. I'm working my way up. That's right. It's so good to have you back, Robert. Neil is somewhere in the country with Cuckoo Kangaroo making God bless music. you, Neil. Uh, so we're happy to have Rob back. We have uh, happy to be back. A little bit of a week recap we're going to do is a short week, only uh, two games, two miserable games. Well, yeah, it's a bummer week for the Wolves. Yeah, so we won't dwell on that. We're going to kind of we've almost reached the quarter mark of the season where we've played 20 games out of 82. So not quite 25, percent but close enough. Yeah, that we're going to do our you know our first quarter uh, recap, our report cards, or what whatever you have. You yeah, know. yeah. And then after that, we'll have a sponsor. We are going to do our first edition of Cold Takes of the season. So that's uh, very exciting for me. And we got our weekly Wolfies and a game. Nice. So thanks for joining us, everybody. It's going to be a good week. Thank you, Scott. Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm very excited to see how you do in the game tonight. He has no idea. I'm getting nervous. He doesn't know what it is. All right. Well, let's get it kicked off with a week recap. Uh, well, actually, you know, sometimes I save this towards the end of the pod, but I know not everyone listens to all the pods. So let me just say, follow us on Twitter at WolvesCast. Uh, check us out on Canis Hoopus and uh, follow Love us Canis. on Instagram at uh, WolvesCastPod. And I do. Robert, uh, just to set the scene, is wearing his Detroit Lions hat tonight. That's right. Uh, so if you listen to the Kings of the North podcast, that's Robert's <laughs> NFC sure you do. North podcast. Yeah, I'm sure you do, too. A lot of overlap between these two I, podcasts. I, I know a few of our listeners are hosts on that podcast, so hopefully they listen to <laughs> it. Right. But, uh, you know, you should check that out because it's a lot of fun. Please do. I highly I appreciate the plug, Scott. No problem. Let's go ahead and head into our week recap. The record is 10 and 10. We're at an even 500, which, you know. It's better than maybe we could have expected. You yeah, know, if you told me twenty it. games in, we'd be we'd be at five hundred. I think most realistic fans would take that. Yeah, and what's most exciting? I mean, the offensive rating were eighteenth in the league, but the defensive rating fourteenth. Yeah, top half how of the league. That? Wow, David not Vanderpool, how I envisioned it panning out. The pride of Saint Bonaventure, just leading the Tim <laughs> Rolls forward into a brave new era. So that's, that's good right. for a seventeenth net rating in the league. And, of course, we were brought down a little bit by our play this week. We had uh, the dreaded matinee game. The afternoon. And this is weird because it was against the Grizzlies. I swear that we've had a Sunday afternoon game against the Grizzlies every year for, like, five years now. It just feels like they always get the Sunday. The Sunday afternoon is always the Grizzlies at Target Center. It's not exactly a marquee game by NBA standards. So I think that they're content to just... Shove it in the afternoon on a Sunday. Right. And so they came in rocking those baby blue jerseys. Yeah. Tyus Jones returned to the Target Center. Yeah, and in a starting role. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Because they were missing Ja Morant and uh, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas. Right. Who apparently uh, Neil tweeted out is like is in the top five of like technical fouls and flagrant fouls this year. (laughs) And I've always thought kind of looks like Chris Evans, but I can't get anyone to agree with me. But he looks a lot like uh, Travis Kelsey for NFL fans. Oh, okay. On the Chiefs, 
But uh, I think he's a handsome guy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think Chris Evans is a handsome guy, and they look sure. alike, so I'm exactly the they, transitive property there. It all works. Uh, but yeah, just kind of a bummer game, uh, just a terrible uh, low-energy game. We had three days off, and we had two days off after this game. And so you would expect us to bring some energy, but I don't know if it's like, as Jim Pete, I think, said on the broadcast, this is the normal time that the NBA players get their naps in on game day, you know, yep. kind of afternoon start time, but it felt like we were kind of in a nap mode the yeah, whole game. Yeah, exactly. And I think the Grizzlies, they kind of, I think when you're playing without your best players, the the other guys kind of realize that you got to bring in a little bit and you really got to... Uh, bring the energy. Right. And so Wolves obviously didn't, and that kind of left an opening for Memphis. And, uh, yeah, Dylan Brooks, God. Dylan, yeah, they got to sign that guy. Yeah, just to stop him from playing against us. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Just stick him on the bench. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those things where you could tell the Memphis bench was feeding off each other's energy. I remember there was a lot of plays in the third where the whole bench would jump up and scream, and they were mobbing each other and stuff, and it just felt like they had the energy, but totally. we didn't have any energy on our side of the, th- uh, the game. So that was tough. A uh, really bad shooting night from Towns. He went one from one of ten. Yeah, that three. one was in the fourth, I think. Yeah, too. It was, and it was just like finally. Yeah. Um. So I mean, good on Towns for continuing to shoot them. I guess shooters got to shoot. Shooters got to shoot. But that was pretty brutal, and it just kind of felt that, that way all game. Yeah, I I've always feel like these games where the where you're missing some of the best players. If you don't, you have the opportunity to put them away early. Like if you can get out to like a, a quick like 10, 15 point lead in the first quarter, that's gonna you, you're pretty much good for the rest of the game. But if you let things hang around, and especially if there's not a lot of energy, you're basically just asking for a team like Memphis to to steal one from you and to take that energy that's lacking. Uh, so even when we this got, is what it is. Even when we got close, I felt like Memphis is controlling this game. They're going to win this game. And yeah. lo and behold, they Crazy. did. It was a 107-115 loss for the second loss of the year to the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> oh. uh, Think about being 500 and two losses to the Grizzlies. It's especially when you had three days rest coming in, two days rest at after home. it, and you can't get up for that game. The two best players aren't playing. It's it's it's. I don't know how to solve the curse of Sunday afternoon, but the Timberwolves need to try something. I think like on the broadcast, he's... Uh, Jim Pete shared that Ryan Saunders said they go through their na- normal game day prep. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe you change it up. Change you know, it up. you got to change it up because we are always flat on that. I'm thinking games. maybe they do something like uh, remember that San Antonio game they played in Mexico a while back that yeah. would be postponed because an elevator caught on fire. Sure. I'm thinking maybe they got to do something similar just to get it moved to uh, a more standard time. They got to sabotage these Sunday games. Uh, I mean, they could do that with the target center. Home court advantage. Put the rim on crooked on purpose yes. this time. Yes. And that way it's like it eventually becomes like a 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Like the guys could go back in the locker room and get a nap in real quick, something oh, like yeah. that. You got to take drastic times, call for drastic measures. I agree. This, this, these Sunday games require drastic measures. So the losing streak at home continues. So we're, we have... Seven of our ten wins are on the road this season, and uh, it hasn't been fun to play at Target Center. No, not a great home court advantage. Nope. I mean, you're happy that they're winning on the road, yeah, but absolutely. at the same time, man, could, if we could have won half of our home games, our record would be so much better. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. Exactly. Well, let's move on to Wednesday, where we took the L in Dallas, 114 to 121. I thought this was going to be a much worse game than it was. Dallas was playing really well. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard about what Luke is doing. 
out there in the NBA this season. Oh, Putting up kind of an MVP type season so far. And so I was really worried about that coming in, but we held him to a pretty bad game. You know, we kept Luca in check. It was the rest of the Mavs players that gave us some trouble. Yeah, again, it was guys having like career nights, like uh, uh, Delon Wright or Delon uh, or Dwight uh, Dwight Powell. Dwight, Dwight Powell. Powell. That's yeah, the one. That was the one. Yeah, um, he was like nine for nine or something like that, and just again energy. Uh, I think that's one thing that the Wolves are kind of lacking right now is they've got. They've got Okogi who can bring some energy, uh, but just guys that are like positive kind of energy that get everyone else kind of pumped up and everything, those role players. Uh, something that the Wolves have kind of been lacking on the this week's games. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough because we were doing good for the first three quarters and we held them to only three three pointers in the yeah. game up till that point, and then they went all averages seven for nine from the three in the fourth quarter. That was a real bummer to watch because up until then it had been a really good game, really back and forth. Wolves took control kind of in the second and the third, and you're like, okay, here we go. And uh, just you just Roko has had it going in, in that second quarter, which was great to see. Yeah, you just feel like we got shot off the floor by yeah. uh, that strong shooting from the Mavs, and, and it, they just couldn't miss. And that's a really tough thing to endure during the fourth quarter. Yeah, I feel like that that crazy putback dunk by uh, Dorian. Yeah, Finney uh, Smith. Finney Smith, excuse me. Um, that was. That seemed to get everything kind of going. Oh, yeah. Because they were down at the time. All of a sudden, the energy's back in the building. I rewound it just to watch that dunk again. It was hot, yeah. But their role players really did a great job on a night where uh, Porzingis didn't play great, wasn't a huge factor. And, yeah, you were able to get a a relatively mediocre game out of uh, Luka, but... Man, that the, guy is the, good. The Mavs bench took care of it. So yeah, they did. Uh, I thought Okogi was played with some great energy. He was really, you know, crashing hard for some of those rebounds. So that was good. to yeah, see. Yeah, he rebounded uh, really well. Yeah. That, was a, that was a highlight of the game for me. His energy can sometimes. I've, I'm sure everyone knows this, but his energy can kind of get him to trouble. Yeah, oftentimes, absolutely. especially offensively. It's a fine line. He's still trying yeah. to figure out how to calibrate it, but. Uh, it, man, it's fun to see him go after it. And more than one dribble, and I'm kind of holding my breath a little bit. Right. Andrew had a bad game shooting to start, and he's made a bunch of free throws, though, which is yeah, something yeah. that we don't really see from Andrew. His rookie season, he really lived at the line, and then ever since then, his his free throw attempts have been trending downwards. His free throw 60s, shooting percentage yeah. has been shooting uh, has been trending downwards. So it was good to see him get to the line and make most of his shots. That was uh, keeping us in the game for a while. Yeah, it's always it's always like one or two things, though, for especially the. Uh, in the Wolves' losses, it's like ah, oh, if they only would have done this up to their normal standard, um, they would have they would have taken it down. I guess that's the case in pretty much all these losses where you don't, uh, you're not. There's one glaring weakness: you're not getting to the line, or you're shooting poorly from the line. Right. Or one guy is going like one of ten, or you know has like a, a four for twenty two shooting night or something like that. It's, the Wolves have yet to really get it all together particularly against like a, a really quality team, which right. I would put the Mavs in that category. Yeah, I think they're definitely a playoff team this season, which is not something I knew for sure going into the season. No, I, don't, but I think they really staked their claim. You know? yeah. All right, well, that's uh, enough talk about our losses this week. Yeah, shout let's out move to, on. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins, all-time uh, three-point champion now yes. for the Timberwolves, <laughs> at least for another couple games until Cat catches him. So yeah. He's got, I, he he's would got be probably like, like two or three games until Cat catches him. I imagine him. he would be like at best like – fifth on any other team's all-time standings in terms of three-point shooting. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, it's just it goes to show still that he's got the crown. He's 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 an NBA vet now. He's holding records. You That's know, true. For the franchise records. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into full court press. Here's the tip. All right, we're going to start off our quarter season review, uh, talking about the good stuff of the season so yeah. far. You know, I think that looking forward, the schedule gets a lot harder for us, especially this next uh, stretch of oh, yeah. road games yeah, against really Western good teams. teams yeah, yeah, we played a lot of Eastern teams, you know, in the first month or whatever. And that was nice because we won most of those, but we're back to uh, a tougher schedule going forward. But let's focus on what the games we have played. You know, yes. let's not worry about the future right now. This is uh, time to reflect. Live in the present. Oh, it's been going, and there's been a lot of good. You know, I think that Absolutely. there has been, uh, we've been playing better than I expected. You know, I would probably, well, I'm not sure if I'd adjust my predictions about our final record just yet. But no, no. It's definitely been a lot more competent than I thought we would be going in. So, what's your biggest surprise so far? Uh, biggest surprise, I'd Good say. Good surprise. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about who has exceeded expectations, uh, I think you got to start with Andrew Wiggins, honestly. I don't think anybody expected him to be playing to the caliber that he's playing and to see the the change in his just overall approach. Um, he's just driving so relentlessly. Even when he's missing him, you, you feel good about the misses at the rim. Yeah. Um, he's been decent at the rim. He's cut out the mid-range stuff for the most part. Uh, he's shooting pretty decently from three. Um, and yeah, getting to the line a lot more. Uh, this is what, for all those years, uh, this is what we were hoping that Andrew would do. And I think it's time that we should kind of just savor it. Savor this feeling. Absolutely. Shout out to Drew Wiggins, man. Yeah, he probably listening. And showing a little bit more fire. Yeah, too. Absolutely. I mean, even like if he's getting upset with calls and stuff, it's like any of that difference. Any of the, any fire from him is good fire. Yeah, I think it's for the first time we're seeing uh, some signs that all of the you know trash we've been talking about Wiggins actually got to him. You that know? actually cares we, we about always winning felt and like, losing. Yeah, exactly. We always felt like that stuff just rolled off of him, which I always thought was a very mentally healthy approach from Wiggins. But the yes. way he's kind of like you know he's he's had some comments this season, like yeah, I'm here now. You know, it's nice to have people take notice of me, and I definitely have. He's great. Um, his three point shooting has been really good. You know, he's he could probably take a few more. It seems like. Once he makes two, he's like, okay, I'm fine, you know. But right, right. Uh, his three point shoot, especially in the clutch, you know, last night was another example where he was just getting buckets in the final minutes when we needed him to. Um, so that was good. And he had three blocks against the Mavericks last night. So his defense de- has been better. Yeah, defense has been there too. He's still not, you know, the whole hope was when we drafted him, he was going to be this great lockdown defender. He's, he's not there. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Right, and he's not there, but no, uh, no. he's 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 a positive on both defense and offense for once, and that's a that's a real pleasant thing. Plus, he's hitting more free throws than normal. Yeah, exactly. He's adjusted to the modern game, I and think, is the make thing. Yeah, he's getting rebounds. He crashes hard for some boards now. He's he, initiating pretty well, too. He's averaging, what, like four or five assists? Yeah, absolutely. Like that. And some, I mean, it's we've talked a lot uh, on the early season. A lot of Timberwolves podcasts have. A lot of Timberwolves, you know, this has been one of the major points of coverage. All the things that have gone into unlocking his game. Obviously, a big one is, uh, you know, having the five-out offense where we have five absolutely. shooters or, you know, nominal shooters, at least. <laughs> Five guys, Five who, guys who will shoot. Yeah, exactly. Who aren't afraid to pull the trigger. And that just opens up the lane. There's no Taj Gibson clogging the lane for Wiggins anymore down there. Gorgie. I love Taj. Yeah, but uh, Gorgie's hitting threes too. Even. Yeah, he's adapted too, but... Again, in the past, he wasn't really right. doing and that, so, and so it did get clogged. Yeah, up. so Wiggins just—that's what would happen—is Wiggins would start to drive in, see how clogged it was, and then take a mid-range two that we all hate. Yeah, and this season there's just more space for him, and 
when there is a double team, it just makes it a really easy read for him to find the open guys. Like, oh, the defense is collapsing on me this way. That means this guy's open. And that's that's a lot of these assists are just him driving and kicking. But how long? Keep have it we, simple, though. How long have we wanted a drive and kick kind of offense? You yeah, know? we're finally catching up to the the modern NBA. Right, so. absolutely. Which I guess brings us into our next point. One of the things I'm really happy about is Carl uh, Anthony Towns just shooting the lights out you know we always mm-hmm. knew he was a good shooter and i guess the thought was once the attempts go up maybe the efficiency will go down not the case so it far always, with him it always had like the qualifier of like he's a great shooter for a big man right right now he's just a great shooter yeah he's one of the best shooters in the league and that's just an amazing thing to say about your no longer seven footer and they start measuring him without their shoes on now he's down to 611 ah okay but uh you know we'll give you that extra inch cat if you want it you could be our seven kg footer. was always 613 613 yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> he never wanted to be called a seven footer no no he didn't want to be typecast right exactly well don't typecast towns because he is uh nail uh, like shooting so well he's shooting 42 percent uh on 8.7 shots per game and I feel like, he, you know, if he takes 10 to 12 three-pointers a game, I'm a very happy camper. He's the best shooter on the team. Yeah, and even despite that, I think he's leading the league in offensive rebounding. Or no, second chance points, I Second chance say. points, yes. Yeah, so he's still getting in there, and he's still getting his offensive rebounds. Um, he's, I think he's still developing, but he's gotten a lot better at when a double team comes, kind of learning what to do, how to make those reads, when to make a quick move to the basket. Right. Um, Jim P talked about it a little bit. He still gets a little bit like excited with some of his passing, which oh, yeah. can lead to some pretty ugly turnovers. Yeah, we've but, had those. Throw yeah, it into yeah. the stands kind of thing. Throw it into the stands. And I was actually surprised. Jim Pete was like, he has zero finesse. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was pretty brutal on he, Kat, he, on Jokic, the mic, he's not. But still, I mean, it's still we, crazy to think that he's so young and he can still get so much better at so many different things. So. Yeah, and including defense. His numbers are a lot better this season. Yeah. Some of that, it's hard to tell just because how much of it is the system. I think him playing next to Covington really increases his kind of confidence and his teammates to do the right we thing. We saw that last year for that little stretch. Yeah, that they exactly. Together, yeah. So I, you know, I'm not sure how much of his an individual improvement, but he does seem to be a little, at least a little bit better for most games at not getting stupid fouls. He still gets some stupid fouls. And we're starting to see after a stretch of games where he hasn't been getting the calls he likes, he's been, uh, you know, complaining a little bit more. He gets a lot of like reactionary kind of fouls where right. he, he feels like a call was missed on him. And so he just gets like so angry and right. excited that he ends up you know swiping down or like fouling somebody at like half court that sort of thing which you know he's still a young guy and and there is that sort of like superstar mentality that there's a lot of good with it but then there's a lot of bad that kind of comes with it it's like hey i'm a superstar you're not going to give me that call i'm gonna i'm gonna get pissed yeah and Unfortunately, there's some bad stuff that comes with that, but but at still, least the stat, on the whole, the analytics say that his defense has been a lot better, best of his career kind of numbers for him. So uh, other great things, role players have played generally good while they have been healthy. You know, we've had some injury. Yeah. Jake Layman, mm-hmm. get back soon, buddy. Although KBD is, is taking that KBD, taking that role really yeah, well right I, now. I don't know how you can how you can diminish his role. I mean, how much more could you ask from him? He's just shooting lights out from corner, which is like the one thing that the Wolves have like never had. It's just a really good corner three-point shooter. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he's been. And uh, he 
he can hold his own defensively. So I I think he's definitely got a role moving forward, even when Lehman comes back. Yeah, and I think Gorgie's been playing great so far this season. It's great to see him because, you know, the first couple of games he didn't play. And it was just like, oh, this is sad that Gorgie's now was out of the rotation. Um, but he's worked his way back into it. And he's earned Ryan's trust. And he's earned my trust as well. He shoots a three, and I'm like... Hey, that might go in now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. He splashes a lot of his threes, too. I know. It's I crazy. Love it. I love it. The trebuchet kind the of The trebuchet, shot. yep. Um, <laughs> it's like unfolding an umbrella. Yeah, so most of the guys, you know, we got a bunch of guys off the kind of the scrap heap for low money, and they've mostly been living up to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, what do you expect for a minimum guy like Travion Graham or something like that? Right. I mean, you're not he's, you're, he's not going to come in and all of a sudden be like, you know, a, a huge positive for you. You're there's a reason he's a minimum guy. Um, some ups and downs with him. His lack of shooting has been that really has hurt the wolves at yeah. times. Uh, but you know, no one's really been, you know, super awful. Right. I would say, except for maybe one person that we'll bring well, up in the bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> last note, this one's from Neil free throw attempts. I didn't know this, but apparently we're second in the league in free throws attempted per game. 26.7 per game. That's great. Yeah, it is. That's amazing. That's, I bet I'm guessing the first in the league is the Rockets. Again, you're going on like shot value. Right. Yeah. And first is going to be free throws. So unfortunately, we are only 18th in the league in free throw percentage at yeah. 76%. But since Ryan has taken my advice that I offered on Wolf's cast about having the players run and then shoot free throws in practice, I think See? our numbers have been going up. All I, thanks go to you, Scott. So yeah, I, I think that we're trending upwards in that department. Uh Wiggins is up to five point six free throw attempts per game from four point one last season, and he's shooting at a high rate i mean a higher percentage so there you go all good yeah. stuff all right let's talk about uh you know we have the good it's time to spend Gotta a few minutes bad. on the yin and yang he's hitting up all right well the bad we have uh first of all our three-point shooting percentage and man it's great that we're attempting the fourth most in the league <laughs> i love it 39.3 per game insane to think about from that what is, this team was in the that past is, it's like twice as much as we used to have but we are the third worst three-point shooting team percentage-wise. We are only making 30%, which is getting close. Like, the numbers with the math is always, like, it's better to shoot, you know, like, 35% from three than 50% from two. Like, you'll if you do the math, right. you'll, per 100 possessions, you'll score more. And I wonder how much more. that one game that uh, – God, what game was it? Uh, the Nuggets game? Oh, yeah. Uh, where we went, like, four for 45 or something like that. That's true. How much that kind of – if you were to take that away, if that percentage – would rise up just the you know a little bit more respectable but uh but yeah at the same time the it, it seems to always come in stretches yeah too where also well, it's like I the mean, wolves have got, missed their last 12 three-pointers and as jim P. a lot of the losses say, have been in those during those contagious you know it absolutely is, is at the line and from the three-point line so absolutely it uh i mean carl can't be the only guy to consistently make threes right and you know, some of these other guys are shooting okay percentage-wise, but like I said, like Andrew, I would like it if he took like seven per game. He's kind of like, I I don't have the stats here, but I'm, I'm sure it's around like five per game, and I'd like him to take a few more because I think that, you know, even if it hurts his percentage a little bit, you know, I think we could use that. He's one of the better shooters on this team, which is also weird to say. You know? Yeah, and there were quite a, I mean, that stretch where um, Trevion Graham was in the starting lineup and basically teams were just giving him open threes right and you know he's shooting like you know 18 percent or something you know it, you replace that with a 
a below average up to competent somewhere in that range. Yeah, even like a 20% shooter or 25% <laughs> shooter. Yeah, something gaudy like 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is the biggest hole I think right now is just consistent three-point shooting other than Towns. And someone who can just, you know, that's their role out there is to just catch and shoot threes. Right. Um, Rocco, I'd like to see him get some more up. Oh, I'd like to so see so much fun watching him go off in, in Dallas last night. Yeah, and I I'd love it when he just when he just catch catch and shoot. Right. Uh, I think he's really effective with that. And if the Wolves can run a couple more play sets with that, I think they're gonna. Uh, That's that exactly what we need to up. do because it, it seems like he just goes with the flow so much that it's hard because he needs to catch and shoot. He doesn't like you know hunting for his shot by dribbling to it. It seems like totally. all of his good shots come when he's in the flow uh, or when he, of just catching and shooting. And we don't get him enough looks that way sometimes. So maybe we do have to run some plays to get him open from three so he can have that because yeah. you know I think he's too good of a shooter to not be shooting more per game. Yeah, and then I think you've got a lot of guys who uh, – a guy like Okogi. Teague, who I'm sure he's going to have his own little mini segment in this. Yeah. Uh, and Culver, just guys who, like, out of a double team or, uh, you know, drive and kick, just instead of instead of pump faking or, you know, driving back in, just, just let it fly from and just get used to that kind of, uh, that kind of basketball um, where you're just, you're just catching and shooting, letting it fly. Uh, even for guys who aren't considered shooters, that's the one positive I'll say about like Travion Graham shooting is that he does not hesitate. He gets right. it, he's shooting it. Uh, but a guy like Teague or Okogi, um, they, it seems like they give up a lot of like, uh, open threes, um, just by hesitating or by trying to drive and kick again. Right. And, uh, think it's going to take repetition and you got to get used to that. Even if the results aren't necessarily, uh, you're not seeing the res- a ton of great results. So I'll give them that. That has been one positive is that they've implemented a system and they're going with it. Right. Um, even though the results haven't been super great, they're going to keep, keep, uh, keep plugging away. All right. Well, next up, Neil wrote this one for us, rebounding. We're 15th in the league in rebounding percentage, so average relative to the rest of the league. Yep. He says, seems like lack of size and rebounding slash second chance points have been an issue all season. Um, I think I've talked about this a little bit. I think that we need to get used to with the three-point shot. It changes where you're rebounding a little bit on the court because a lot of times it's a longer rebound. You know, mm-hmm. It kind of bounces out. So I think we're... Are getting used to it, but just will continue to get more used to the angles of that the rebounds are bouncing off at. And, you know, we haven't been used to shooting all these threes. And yeah, now I do the Jason Kidd thing. He would just run to the free throw line, and that's where he got all of his rebounds. Right. That's a, that's a great point. And uh, especially when we just talked about how bad our three point shooting is, that's a lot of missed three pointers and a lot of long rebounds. If you don't exactly. get those, they're they're they tend to be better uh, transition p- points going the other way. Exactly. So. so um, yeah, it'd be great to see a little bit better rebounding. Uh, just, you know, I think it has to come from team rebounding because I don't think we're – there's no indication that we're moving away from Rocco at the four and playing a smaller lineup, you know. I think right. that's kind of the way we, these things are going to go for the rest of the season. So I think that – I mean, Cat's obviously doing his thing with the rebounds. and Wiggins has been better. Yep. And so it just, it just needs everyone to get, be a little bit better, I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. And with, I think, moving Okogi into the starting lineup, which sounds like that's kind of going to be the uh, the move that they're going to make to no more Travion Graham in the starting lineup. He's been a really good rebounder for uh, for his position. So yeah, hopefully that will help. Uh, but yeah, again, a lot of this is just kind of the growing pains, changing to a new system. Yep, absolutely. Uh, here, Neil has, uh, well, we're saying Neil, he's not even here. Anyways, in let's our go hearts. to our next. In our hearts, uh, we have Jarrett Culver's offense. <laughs> he is up to 28% from three. So wow. numbers yeah. are climbing. But Yeah, he's trending up. Uh, just a putrid free throw percentage. 19 Oof. of 44 on the season, 43%. Even that's, that's after it trended up some. Right, exactly. He was in like the 30s for a while. Yeah, and I mean, Ryan and Teague's had interviews last week where they are just like, he's shooting free throws in practice so much that he's we're, putting com- in the work, we're yeah. confident it'll go up. But it's, uh, it's a bad look. And also finishing within eight feet of the rim, he's only forty five percent. Which you know they're like, oh, forty five percent. That's not bad. Well, when you're within eight feet of the rim, your numbers are supposed to be better than that. You know, exactly. You have to go yeah. up to like sixty percent or like fifty high fifties. You know, is ideally what you want because you're taking basically point blank shots. Um, how do you feel about Jarrett Culver's shot mechanics? Is because uh, that's kind of the thing. Um, is it's it's not so much that he's missing free throws and three pointers. It's just that when he misses, it's so ugly. Yeah, when he misses, it's like he's wide right or left, like by like almost an entire basketball. Um, that has been startling because that's the one thing that's supposed to translate from college to. Uh, the pros, not like he was a great free throw shooter uh, in college, but you know he obviously wasn't this bad. Um, I, I think it's definitely something of concern, especially for a guy who um, part of part of his appeal is how good he can drive to the rim, how much he can create contact. Um, it's going to be something that if he's going to be effective at. Because he's not going to be, I don't think he's ever going to be like a knockdown jump shooter. Right. Certainly hope for that. But I think his main uh, weapon on offense is going to be getting into the paint, drawing contact, and potentially getting to the line. And that's going to be no problem for for opposing defenses if they know that he's going to be constantly going one for two or 0 for two. Right. Exactly. I mean, I by just unofficial count, I think maybe like once or twice he's gone two for two from the line. I'm sure it's been like three or four or five more times, more times he's missed both. Uh, so, again, I don't know how much of like his on offense, how much of his just adjusting to the speed of the game, uh, adjusting to having like a half a second less to do everything. Right. Um, free throw line, uh, I think a lot of it is kind of in between the ears, getting – uh, feeling like you belong, relaxing, yeah, uh, and maybe just kind of—he's got to examine his routine or something like that, and just put in the work. And yeah, uh, I think what's worrying—we've seen is a lot of bad free throw shooters kind of make the transition into competent free throw right. shooters in the last few years. It's something that can be done. Yeah, I think one of the worrying things so far is yes, it's still early, but. Has there ever been a guy who is clearly such a work in progress who goes on to become a star? You know, it just seems like the stars, mm. you can tell right away their rookie season. And I'm sure that oh, it's <laughs> Josie just cut one. It's ranking here right now. Ooh. Oh, my God. Josie. Oh. <laughs> Scott needs to regroup here. Luckily, I'm congested Ooh, up, so like I got some eggs. defenses. Wow. Such a small dog. Ugh. All right. Um, 
but in terms of just like, you know, I'm sure this is one of those moments where you shout at out loud if you're listening in your car or wherever because you remember a rookie who was bad his rookie year but then became a star. But off the top of my Dirk. head, yeah, that's maybe a good one. But, but you there's, know. there's a lot more guys who start off and you immediately see them. Uh, you immediately see something special than you see guys who take see you know a couple seasons and then all of a sudden they're stars right um i want to read this paragraph uh from canis Hoopus, a great website that you should read eric and madison did notes at the quarterish poll kind of stealing our thunder (laughs) eric and madison we're all in this together yeah that's right we're all a team here um he wrote about uh culver and i just wanted to read this paragraph he wrote he said uh However, his offense... Actually, I took a sentence off. That said, I'm a fan of Culver. He looks like a smart player with some defensive chops. However, his offensive game is an absolute mess. He cannot shoot from anywhere. He's a bad three-point shooter, as we might have expected at this point, but he is also struggling to convert around the rim, and he apparently has the yips from the free throw line. In some ways, I'm most concerned with his rim finishing, because watching it, it appears he lacks explosiveness and athleticism, which could be a real limitation going forward. It's certainly way too early to come to any conclusions about the player he'll be. I still have confidence he'll be a contributor, but the idea that he'll be good enough to be the second or even third star on a contending team seems shaky. And that's kind of the worrying thing, is that when you draft someone at number six, you have ideas that they're going to be a star for your team and it's looking like he might develop into a good role player which is kind of a bummer you know yeah the wolves need home run swings right uh in the draft uh at this point with i mean we're the kind of shadow over the franchise is like are you going to be able to put together a team that's good enough to have cat want to stick around right and you got to be going for stars in the draft uh and yeah having him kind of be encouraging, but not really seeing a ton of star potential at this point is. And we traded up to worrying. get him. Yeah, you did trade up to get him too, and there are other guys who went Bra- after Brandon him. Brandon Clark, who was really rumored about uh, with the Wolves at the eleventh pick, looks great for the Grizzlies. He's, yeah, he he's does. been playing like crazy, so it's tough. Um, so we just got to cross our fingers and hope that all the work Culver is putting in starts to show a little bit more. Obviously, there's, been, there's so. been ups, but the offense at least has been a real down. Um, we've not Johnny Flynn levels. Let's no, put it, no, not put it that, that bad. Way. That's a good. That's a good point. It's a good barometer. Um, Noah Vonley's been a bummer this season. You know, after you know being the first big off the bench kind of uh, for the season, he's now out of the rotation. Uh, Gorgie Jane has taken his spot. He can't defend or stretch the floor as well as Gorgie does. Whenever he shoots a three, I'm just like, oh, he's the one guy on the team where if he shoots a three, I'm like, don't take that shot. Everyone else, <laughs> even Trevion Graham, who, by the way, since we put out that uh, police bulletin for his shot, at least is trending upwards. He's made more okay. threes in the past two weeks since we did that PSA. All Once right. again, I'm giving That's ourselves some solid leads on that uh, that missing person shot. Right, exactly. Report. We're starting yeah. to see some traces of it at least. But uh, even Trevion Graham, I'm like, okay, you got to shoot the open shot. But finally, I'm like, don't shoot that shot. And apparently Saunders agrees. Uh, so that's been kind of a bummer. It remains to be seen how long he'll be, uh, you know, a happy, good soldier or whatever with the team when he's not getting any minutes. He's on a one-year deal. We offered him like a two-year contract, and he took a one-year deal instead because he bet on himself. And uh, if he's not even getting minutes Coming on the up floor, snake eyes he's gonna, right now. Yeah, he's going to be real frustrated. It was so. always going to be kind of like who's going to be the odd man out between – Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, uh, Gorgie, Gorgie to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone's someone's going to be riding the pine, and even Bell's getting more minutes than Vonley now. So yeah, and I think he's doing doing pretty good, pretty well with the minutes he's getting. I'd yeah, like I like to his see energy. him get a little bit more. So so that's a bummer. But the biggest bummer by far has been Jeff Teague, 
Uh, Neil notes he looks like a shell of himself, possibly yeah. injured. I just wondered out loud on the podcast last week whether we're sure he won't retire at the end of the season. Uh, mm. That's how bad he's been. Is just being like he might not, you know, have an NBA career anymore going forward. So hopefully it's just an injury thing that he's trying to play through and he can recover and then be a good basketball player again. But he has been miserable to watch. I mean, the fan base already was kind of tired of watching him in his particular game, but at least he was somewhat effective in the past, especially the year we went to the playoffs. I mean, last year he was ravaged by injuries, obviously, but you know, the year we went to the playoffs two years, seasons ago, he was effective at least, you know, and this season it's just, it's just not fun to even watch him. It's just no, it a looks bummer. like he's yeah. It looks like he's totally bummed about playing. It looks like he's having zero fun. Yeah. While he's playing, he just looks constantly just kind of frustrated. Uh, nothing's working. Uh, the Nothing is working. Normally reliable kind of floater game. Nowhere there. Uh, can't make anything on the around the rim and can't hit the broadside of a barn from three. And it. Yeah, it is a bummer to watch him play. He seems like a great teammate and everything. And I think he has been kind of unfairly maligned a little bit in that he's always going to be tied with Ricky sure. and Tibbs to a certain extent. Sure. Because uh, basically Tibbs chose Teague over Ricky. Yeah. And obviously if you could make that trade right now, you do in a second. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it just seems like something – yeah, he's going through some kind of injury and he's just not having fun playing basketball. Yeah, and I just think, you know – at this point, I know you're, it's your contract year, Jeff Teague, but if you're going to be this bad, just take the DNP. Say you're injured. Admit to it. Be a good teammate. Because there's something going on that he's not admitting to and the team is keeping secret. And I think that, you know, if you're not going to be open about it, at the very least, don't hurt us by being out there. Because at this point, especially now that we have Shabazz back. Shabazz? Shabazz. Now that we Shabazz, have Shabazz back. Yeah. It's going to take me all season to get this, and then it's we're not going to re-sign him. Yeah. And it'll just be like, why? But uh, now that we have Shabazz back and we're having Wiggins and Culver start, you know, with the, at the kind of dual point guard position, I just think, Teague, we don't need you to out there right now because you're such a minus. And he's so bad defensively. He's so yeah, bad he defensively. That's the thing. He's always been bad defensively. But he could get you – kind of make up for he's that. He's constantly targeted on – on D, like you just yeah. set a pick, he's instantly a pick just completely takes him out, and all of a sudden, whoever the guard is or whoever got he got switched out onto is running downhill, yeah. and your defense is scrambling. And I so. know we're trying to be good, make good by him by being like this is your contract year. Even though he moved to the bench, he's still playing a lot of minutes, like a ton of minutes, and it's it's just the, got into the point where he he's such a negative, he's such a minus on this team that it's, totally. it's a huge bummer. And it's contagious again. That whole yeah, idea of things being when he's out on the floor, and all of a sudden he's missing point blank layups or floaters or threes, and then you always see him after he does it. He kind of like looks to the heavens he and he's throws like, his oh. arms out. Like, yeah, he's like, God, why can't? Yeah, why isn't this working anymore? And it's contagious. So yeah, he's been he's been probably my biggest disappointment, honestly. Yeah, easily. I agree, no doubt. Um, all right, let's finish up Full Court Press with our third kind of year in review thing. He's on fire! All right, this is everything else. Just odds and ends, stuff we didn't Potpourri. talk about. Potpourri. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, city jerseys, that, that's been revealed. I think, actually, we had you on the pod two weeks ago, and when we, we had our reactions. It, yeah. So 
we're both pretty down with them, you know? Not yeah, down on them, down with them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to live up to the Prince jerseys. Yeah, very hard. Uh, I don't think any of us expected it to be like that caliber, but I think definitely solid. There's some cool it, billboards around the cities. There's yeah, one on yeah. by the Electric Fetus. There's another one on 94 where there's like the billboard with, you know, Rocco and Cat and Wiggins, all with haircuts they don't have anymore. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, those media day photos. But uh, And then on top of the billboard, there's like raised letters on top of it that say it's Twin nice. Cities are cities. Yeah, it looks real cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we haven't seen them in play yet, so we definitely want to see that. I mean, there's been a lot of bad city jerseys in the league, and we, <laughs> we're happy that we have some very solid ones. Solid's the word for it. Um, let's knock on wood. Tom, we're knocking on wood uh, for the idea that most of our injuries have been relatively minor injuries to role players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just got Shabazz back. Nice. Uh, nice. Layman, you know, hopefully will come back soon. He had a sprained toe, um, so it's not like a season-ending thing. You know, hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. And, uh, you know, Jeff Teague's really the only major kind of injury ongoing thing that's happening. But Cat's been healthy. Wiggins, you know, he missed one game because his, his daughter. Uh, yeah, and Cat obviously had the suspension. So his daughter made him sick. The health uh, is, yeah. So health has been good. At least for our, the players that matter, good. you know? And exactly. So, uh, unless, you know, like once again, we have to put the caveat for Teague, who's obviously either – overnight lost all something. ability to play basketball or he's playing injured which you is better obviously. hope that he's kind of <laughs> right injured, yeah if, right? He, if he's not injured there he needs to something's you know, going on go to like a psychic or something someone to <laughs> you know say have some sage in the locker room Tarot clear cards. That, yeah get that bad mojo out of there yeah. um let's see there's uh ryan i've been really impressed with his coaching so far i think that you know, on one hand, uh, I think David Vanterpool has had a lot to do with oh, yeah. the defensive ends of things. But, you know, Ryan has had to come up with lots of different lineups. And he had the courage to do the coaching change where he moved Teague to the bench. And, he, I mean, just because of small injuries here and there or suspensions for Cat or, you know, grandmother's dying for Wiggins, that he's had to come up with lots of different lineups and rotations. And I've been impressed about his ability to kind of make changes and stuff. Yeah, I've been... I've been pretty happy with him as well. I'm giving him a little more of a leash because he's, again, he's kind of going into this and he's having to kind of create this lineup and institute a new system and everything. Uh, Some of his substitution patterns have been a little bit puzzling at times for me. Uh, But at the same time, he's got to try stuff out and the results aren't always going to be super successful. So I've been I've been encouraged by I mean, obviously, the players love him and they're playing hard for him. Yeah, uh, he's, so he sticks up for his players, but he's also not just like fawning over them. He's kind of you know he'll he'll be honest with the press and say like that's not yeah, totally. that's not enough out of this guy or we need better. Even after a good game, he'll be like, but we need like uh, after Wiggins started the season strong, he's like we need that every night from him. He wasn't just totally being, you know yeah, yeah um, I like that. And also you know just the courage of his convictions to know that you know we're shooting like we said earlier we're shooting like the fourth most threes in the league and we're making the third least in <laughs> percentage wise <laughs> and he. He's still out there saying, trust the system. And he's got the players saying the same thing, too. So, Yeah, that, and that takes good coaching. Beyond the X's and O's and everything, it's going to be about, you know, staying the course and making sure everyone's on the same page with everything. And you're not straying from uh, kind of the mission of this season, which is to no one thought that this season was going to be about a potential playoff berth. Right. I mean, not realistically. It was going to be about getting a system in place that, you know, is going to lead to that in the years to come. Yeah, and uh, yeah, throw a bunch of minimum uh, minimum right. uh, contract veterans at the wall and see what sticks, kind of thing. And you know, it's, especially after missing out on uh, 
in free agency. Sure. And I think that overall first quarter of the season has been really positive. They've been playing better than I expected. It's a lot more fun to watch. I wasn't sure like, totally. how much we commit fun. to the three-point shooting. We've really committed to shooting it. And oh, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And watching Cat and Wiggins both, you know, excelling together at the same time. What he's gotten out of Wiggins alone should should make you rate him highly yeah. in terms of coaching. So so that's our first look at the first 20 games of the season. You will obviously, you know, watch the next 20 and we'll check in at a halfway point. But, you know, so far the season has been better than I predicted. Yeah, I've, I'd agree. And usually, usually with the Wolves by about game 45 to 50, that's pretty much the end of the season. Right. The rest yeah. is just sort of like, okay, let's yeah, just get definitely. this over with. So. So, yeah, it'd actually be 20 games in, and it'd be like, wow, the next 60 games are going to matter. Yeah. Uh, that's, there's at that's least a, win- a positive. There, there's yeah. a window open for a playoff run. That's so. right. If the, play- if the season were to end today, it would be in, right? But, yes, I would, I'd hate it if the season. It's already going too fast. Yeah. It's flying by. All right, well, it's time to earn some money, get those big bucks with a, our sponsor ad. We're issuing an APB for KBD's CBD LTD. Finally certified by the FTC, SEC, and the DOD, KBD CBD is approved by the BBB. Need help with ADD, CTE, or HIV? The CDC says RIP unless you try KBD's CBD. From MSP to NYC, PSTDST, people are shouting OMG about KBD's CBD. NBD, but AOC on ABC called the CBD safer than LSD, while CP3 told the BBC that KBD CBD is better than KFC with MSG. Both the DNC and the GOP are down with KBD CBD like OPP. From my POV, KBD CBD is like playing a DBZ RPG at an AMC. Don't be an SOB or say BRB, or our EIC will ruin your DVD with an EMP. The DOB of KBD's CBD is currently TBD. The AARP says get it ASAP to help with COPD, while ACDC plays a BYOB VIP with RHCP benefiting AARP. Streaming online but NSFWIMHO. Don't have FOMO, RSVP now, TTYL. All right, thanks to KBD's CBD LTD. Now we are venturing outside into the snow for a round of cold takes. What's cooler than being cool? everybody we know the sports media today is so sensationalized everyone is just screaming at the top of their lungs about everything and every aspect of life so to rise above the noise you have to have the hottest takes available say some crazy things lebron james isn't even a top 10 player in the nba some kind of crazy stuff just to get people's attention get people talking that's the world we live in now but here in Minnesota, we like to turn the temperature down a little bit. Way down. We, we aren't about hot takes here on Wolvescast. Instead, we're going to serve you some freezing cold takes about some subject matter that we find uh, you won't disagree about us with. No, so, no. Uh, I'm going to get us started with our first cold take. Ooh, it's Ooh. chilly in here. Uh, well, I just got to say that, uh, you know, the city jerseys this year are good. 
but they're just not as good as last season's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a solid, you know, effort. A, a ground rule double, if you will, instead <laughs> of a home run. But it's just, compared to last season, which had the Prince ones, purple jerseys, come on. That's the best you can do. So, and Prince is beloved. In this concept mm. of the Twin Cities, so nebulous. The Prince Knights, we had, you know, Prince music. We had the cool fonts. We had purple all over the Target Center. It was like a dream come true for me. So, these are good but not quite as good as last season because it's hard to, you know, surpass the Prince jerseys. So MSP jerseys, baby blue, you're all right in my book. Don't feel bad. You're just not quite on the level of the same as city jerseys from last season. Yeah, good call. Ooh. I like the ground rule double Yeah, exactly. Uh, analogy. As long as people know baseball, they will understand what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sure they do. All right, why all don't right. you give us a freezing my cold take. take? This team needs to find more shooters. I know. Crazy, huh? But with this uh, system that we've got in place, uh, the spacing it out, five out system, uh, you can't have just one really good three-point shooter. Rocco's verging on it. I think you could. he, could, he has a place on this team long-term should he want to stick around. Wiggins is getting better at things, but not having any three-point shooting uh, from pretty much your entire bench and also from point guard uh, position is really, really hurting uh, the Wolves. Uh, so that's got to be uh, that's got to be priority one, two, and three. Uh, is going to be finding more uh, finding more shooters, finding guys who are going to be that uh, their defenders can't cheat off of. It's going to create even more space for drivers like Wiggins. Uh, you're going to get punished for uh, guys like Cat getting doubled. And yeah, it's got to be the next step for the for this Wolves team. Uh, I have to say, you know, uh, that, that wasn't bold, and it was definitely chilly. So it was perfect. beautiful, though. It was perfect. It was exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> All right, here's my last cold take. You know, this. I don't think I'm going out here on a limb to say Jeff Teague, with the way he's playing, is overpaid right now. <gasps> he's just making too much money for what he's contributing on the court. You know, he's making like 16, 18 million. I don't know. 18 million's too much. 16 million's too much. You know what? For what he's giving us, even 14 would be too much. 12? That also seems a little rich for what he's giving us. What about 10 million a season? You know, now we're getting a little closer, but that does seem like it would be too much money. With what he's giving us, you know, I think an $8 million a year thing might be appropriate. I mean, if we're being honest, maybe $6 million is where we'd be happy. Um, because, you know, he can still give you minutes, and, you know, $6 is not the most. But he's making way more than that. He's making, like, he's one of the highest paid players on the team. He's top three, I think, in money. And uh, we just need that number off the books because well, think about all the great players we could get with that money. And he's just not giving us anything on the court. So in terms of what he's giving us, he is way overpaid. I completely agree. I found that take to be completely non-controversial. All right. I'm glad to hear that. Let's hear your final cold take. All right. My final cold take. Teams losing record at home is hurting ticket sales. I used to think that a Timberwolves ticket rep was like the hardest job in sports oh yeah because you're trying to create excitement uh where there is none anyone who's interested in actually getting season tickets knows the team is going to be awful uh basically you're just doing it to you know it's almost like charity or something like you feel bad um i was in that position once 
Uh, I know that you've been in that position. Uh, Neil's been in that position uh, where you get the, that call from the season ticket rep um, trying to sell you some sort of package. And finally, the team has something going, something encouraging, and they absolutely stink at home, and they're losing to, uh, like, like the, they lost at home to the Wizards, lost to the Grizzlies this last week. Um, it really hurts when you've got something encouraging when you know that uh, they're, they play significantly worse at home. Uh, so that's got to hurt. you got to turn it around. I, you know, I tend to agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, they had no energy on Sunday, and it's like the crowd won't give you energy Unless you you put energy into it, but you can't get en- energy because the crowds are not giving it's you energy. Weird, so it's a weird, kind of back you know. and forth uh, situation. What's that, that called? They what, the snake feeding on itself, and Ouroboros or Ouroboros. Yes. I forget the name of I'll it. I'll take your word for it. That is that's what we're talking about. All right. Well, that is our cold takes for now. Uh, you know, the winter here has just begun, and it's long and cold. So I'm sure we'll have plenty more cold takes later this season. Plenty of cold to go. Hit around. us up on Twitter. Let us know, or in the comments. No one ever comments on the Canis post. Just tell us what your cold take is about <laughs> the season so far. All right. Now it's time for our weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your weekly. Wolfies. All right, Weekly Wolfies. It's our, our little award we give out every week uh, to something good, bad, stupid, fun, whatever. You know, it's just something notable and that we're calling out. And why don't you give us your Wolfie first? All right. Uh, I'm going to give my Weekly Wolfie to one Anthony Peeler. AP. He has been the last couple of weeks... Uh, been brought up quite a bit on Wolves uh, telecast uh, since Andrew Wiggins has been approaching his vaunted three-point record, um, kind of derisively, uh, because Anthony Peeler leading the Wolves in all-time three-point makes yeah. has been basically he, he's been maligned as like it's it's a it's an indication of just how badly the Wolves have been. Yeah, you, you don't really know shooting. Anthony Peeler for much. I think the thing I knew him for is that he was on NBA Jam. He was one of your options to play with the I, My biggest memory of him is when he went to Sacramento and he uh, punched Kevin Garnett uh-huh, in sure. that, uh, that playoff series and got suspended for two games. Uh, but I, I'm going to give him a little bit of props. He led the NBA in three-point shooting uh, that year with Sacramento, 03-04, shot 48% from three that's, that's good even by the today's stand can he still shoot can we get him back <laughs> uh i think maybe you know they say the shooting touch is the last thing to go for aging yeah athletes. i'm sure maybe uh, papa glenn's got his number uh but i'm gonna give it up a little bit for anthony peeler ap and he's lefty too so i'm, I'm always lefty a sucker I'm a, all right i'm a sucker for lefty shooters Okay, great. I'm going to give a shout-out to Dane Moore's NBA podcast. Yes. Uh, D-A-N-E, everybody. You know how to spell Moore. Uh, NBA podcast, like Maya Moore, M-O-O-R-E. And now I've spelled it for you. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he likewise had his kind of quarter season review this week, and he had our favorite guy, Britt Robson, on the podcast. Mm. Uh, you know, I lament that Britt doesn't have his own podcast anymore. You know, he was on the Britt Brower, uh, Bauer podcast for a long time. And I remember that well, yeah. I loved it because they gave us w- great Wolves analysis and then a bunch of lefty politics stuff that I just <laughs> ate up. I loved it. Um, they pair well together. So, yeah, Britt's a great NBA mind, and Dane's a really good host on his podcast, and I think they have good chemistry together. So, 
So if you miss hearing Brit, check out the most recent episode of Dane Moore's NBA podcast, uh, because you can hear a much smarter Tim Rule's mind to talk about the first quarter of the season. <laughs> uh, and I don't feel bad about recommending it to you now because it's at the end of the podcast. We already got you. We yeah, already had you right. listen to this. You're so, already hooked. You know, you already had to suffer through ours. Now go listen to a better one. All right, and our Canis Wolfie of the week goes to Jake. I gotta sit, learn how to say his name. It's Jake A. Painting. Uh, that's my guess as of now. I gotta. That would be my guess. I gotta. For I gotta find out. Uh, he wrote a piece about KBD, not about his CBD, but Kata Bates Diop has taken <laughs> his chance in the CBD industry. No, the article is called Kata Bates Diop has taken his chance, and it's just a good analysis of what you know this guy that we're really high on right now. We love the spark he's provided. Uh, what KBD is bringing to the wolves. It's yeah. CBD, everybody. That's what he's bringing to the wolves. <laughs> All right, so uh, go ahead and check that out. It's on a great website called Canis Hoopus that you can read for free. CanisHoopus.com, everyone. It's a great website. All right, we are going to finish things up with the game, as we always do. It's a fun little game that, you know, it's a good icebreaker game uh, people play. It's called Would You Rather? Oh, so I've got a, a, an assorted list of would-you-rather questions that are related to the Timberwolves. Oh, wow. Okay. There are technically not right or wrong answers, but we all know that there are. <laughs> so uh, let's get this started, Robert. This one is kind of weird because it's it's like, what would you rather not do? Okay. Would you rather never see the Wolves win a title during your life? Okay. Or would you rather never be able to own a dog? I... Ooh. I would rather uh, never own a dog. I'm not that I don't like dogs, but I grew up with dogs. I've had yeah. that experience before. It's not as if I've never been around a dog. Uh, I do like cats too, so there's kind of a substitute there. And I can always go over. I can always come over here. Yeah, we got Josie here. I got Josie. Cut I got Josie cutting farts. Yeah, so I can get. Uh, uh, what's that uh, phrase like? Why buy the cow when you can drink the milk for free? Sure, Something like that. absolutely. So, yeah. I, I think this is the right answer. Um, I love dogs. I just think, man, there's nothing better when you're having a bad day than you come home and the dog's just like, wow, my favorite person in the world is here. It just yeah. cheers you right up. Dogs are the best animals, the best pets, the best pets to own. Um, but yeah, you can own a different pet. I'm trying to be unselfish because this would be like something that. The whole, be, the whole the, city, the, entire, the whole state. The entire to. state would get for all of... The Midwest would get. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, for me, just me not getting a dog, you know, I can take one for the team. All right, next question. Would you rather meet your favorite Wolves player or meet mm. your favorite musician? Ooh. I, I'm going to have to go against the Wolves a little bit and I'd say meet my favorite musician. All right. Because my favorite, I mean... Honestly, probably my favorite musician ever was like Paul McCartney or something like that. Getting yeah. to meet him is a little bit different league than getting to meet like Ricky Rubio right. or uh, Carl Anthony Towns or even KG. There's something about, just something about it. Not that I wouldn't want to be thrilled with either, but yeah. I, I, I agree with you here. Uh, just part of it is like you said, the Wolves have never had any huge stars. So it's not like I'm missing a chance to hang out with Michael Jordan or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, KG's great. But uh, compared to, like, your favorite musician. Plus, I think all athletes, you know, I don't know what we would talk about too much. Whereas with my favorite musician, I feel like I could really get into the weeds about asking questions about, you know, music and stuff like that. So, totally, yeah. I'm with you on this. I'm going anti-Wolves on this one as well. <laughs> all right, we're in agreement for two for two. Next okay, up, would you like rather it. sit courtside at a game or watch a game with Kevin Garnett? Just like on TV. Oh, I'd rather watch a game with Kevin Garnett. Yeah. I have sat... Uh, it wasn't like right, like first row courtside. I have, yeah. I did uh, sit courtside for a preseason game against uh, 
uh, how do you say it, like the Moscow team, oh, Cheska Moscow. Yeah, yeah. And it was great, uh, but that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity getting to watch a game with KG. I right. can't imagine the the banter that he so would good. give. It'd be so good. I, when I wrote this question, I wanted, I, I really considered using a different player name. Like, mm. would, would it change your answer if it was like you get to watch it or you, Shabazz Muhammad? You watch it with Shabazz Muhammad, yeah. <laughs> then would you sit courtside or watch a game with Shabazz? You know, I think that, would that be one a I would take. Tougher. I would take courtside, but I, I just eventually I was like, okay, we, we'll go with KG. But KG is like one of the most entertaining, like, like Adrian Payne. or like Pekovic. Like Pekovic, oh, Peck. is, he seems like a pretty quiet guy, so it might be like not the best. I don't experience, know. I you think know? Peck once he loosens up a little, gets a couple, yeah. couple vodkas in him. He might a couple be, barrels uh, of beer. Yeah, it'd take a while for a guy like Tankards. Tankards, right. Um, so, yeah, I think if it is KG, it's easy. And I felt like when I wrote it, I was making it too easy by putting that out Maybe there. if it was like game seven of like the finals and the Wolves have a chance to, you know, then it's it could be a part of history. Sure, absolutely. But, yeah, I hear you. All right, would you rather see Wiggins in the dunk contest or Carl Anthony Towns in the three-point shootout? Probably Wiggins in the dunk contest. I um, feel like you get to see his personality a little bit more, which is something I've been clamoring for, wanting to open up a little bit more. Um, and, and Carl's won the skills challenge, so we've gotten a little bit of him uh, you know, on All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I guess the Wolves have won the, the uh, dunk contest before. I was going to yeah. say we had Kevin Love win it, but... Uh, yeah, I'd like to see Wiggins get a little bit of national exposure. I agree with you in the sense of what you said. You see your, their personality. The shooting is quick. It's over. You know, I'm sure Cat would be good at it. But the dunking is, those are memories you remember. You know, I totally. mean, those, those yeah. are things like I can re- I can tell you every single dunk Zach Levine did in both of his dunk contests, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, they're, they're just lasting memories. I can tell you the dunks Derek Williams did, you know, <laughs> that was well. a terrible dunk contest. So see I, the one that jumped over a car that crunch. Uh, it was a, a motorcycle. motorcycle. That's yeah, right. Which yeah. Was, <laughs> after after Blake Griffin had already done a Kia, so he was jumping over a smaller vehicle, and it was just like, oh, D-Wheel. But, but Crunch was there, so... Yeah, at least he rode, rode the motorcycle out with Crunch, so that was a good <laughs> entrance at the very least. All right, next up, would you be, rather be able to dunk a basketball or pick whatever height you want to be? Ooh, um, I'd probably rather pick whatever height I want to be because it could... No, it's just more utility in my everyday life. Yeah. Being able to dunk. And plus, I could choose to be like, you know, 6'10 or something. And then and you I dunk. should be able to dunk, so yeah. I can get the, get both. Uh, I'm going to pick dunk a basketball, our first disagreement, because mm. I think I'm 6'2", I, and I've been on the record saying that's the perfect height, so I don't want to change a thing here. Plus, a okay. 6'2 guy who can dunk, man, that's some crazy athleticism. So I just think that'd be super <laughs> fun. Like, if you're if you're like 7 feet, like you said, and you dunk, you're, it's like a little hop, and you're not really, you know, maybe you're going over the rim a little bit, but I think if I'm 6'2", and I'm dunking, I'm like leaving the ground, and looking down and being like, whoa, right, I'm right. so far up here, you know? Yeah, you got nothing. I don't have anything to complain about height-wise either. Uh, but, yeah, just being able to, if I could be a little bit taller, I'd, I'd like that. Sure. I don't know. Sure, I think most people would. Um, all right, a couple more. Uh, would you rather see the Wolves win the draft lottery or see Glenn Taylor sell the team? Ooh, um, I'm going to take draft lottery because... Uh, I don't know who Glenn Taylor is going to be selling the team I, to. I think that's a very so good So that's kind of an unknown. Point. Yeah. And then I mean, again, they could win the draft lottery and then botch the number one overall pick. But sure. I think it's more likely that they that good things will happen if they win the draft lottery again. Right. I, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, would you rather, if you're given the chance, would you rather redesign the Target Center or redesign the Timberwolves uniforms? 
I'm gonna say redesigned Target Center because it's like the oldest arena in uh, in the NBA right now, and I mean they've done some things to it, but uh, my redesign would be like tearing it down. <laughs> yeah, talk about getting butts in seats. You know, that's part of it. Is the Target Center. Even with all the improvements, it's still not the most exciting place to go see. A game. Yeah, exactly. And I think the uniforms are pretty good as they as it is. I don't know how much better I can make. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with redesign the uniforms just because I'm artistic and I think I could have a vision for what they could look like. Whereas I don't know where, really where I'd start with the Target Center necessarily, but I, I respect your answer on that. Mm. All right, final question: Would you rather drink an entire bottle of hot sauce and, and like you know, <laughs> you, you don't get to space it out, you have to drink it all, you know, chug, chug it. it, okay, or shotgun it, resign Jeff Teague next season again i feel like i gotta take one for the team and take the hot sauce yeah you know i don't want to be selfish and be like oh we're gonna sign jeff t because you know others suffer for that so yeah i would just take down the hot sauce and then the next you know 24 to 36 hours would be hell but then it'd be over with Right. It would be and you literally know, and figuratively out of my system. You know, even if we brought Jeff Teague on a one-year contract, he would want like $10 million. He wouldn't be like, yeah. I'll come back for like $3 because I was really bad last season. He's not doing that. He's demanding double, you know, double digits in the millions. I could say, th- I'll say this. His teammates really seem to like him. That's true. So if you brought him back on like a one-year veterans minimum or something like that, and he was just like a good locker room Well, veterans guy. minimum, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But well, he's not he's not doing that. So yeah, you're right. I would rather he wants have, to get paid one more time. It's like, would you rather have extreme pain for one day or just a dull, aching pain 82 mm. days of the year, you know? Yeah. And I like hot sauce, too. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take down the uh, sriracha or whatever you want. All right. Awesome. Well, that will do it for this week. Robert, thank you so much for joining us thank again. Thank you, Scott. Love it's it. always a pleasure. I always enjoy it and uh, really uh, make me feel connected to the team. Right. And you. Oh, thanks. It's, it's always good to hang out with you. We don't do it enough. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if I have to you know, make excuses for Neil to go out of town just so we can hang out, I'll do that happily. Please, please. Yeah. Send him out on uh, like menial tasks yeah yeah i'll book i'll book him a phantom show in like australia (laughs) it's like cuckoo's going to australia and then they get there and there's no venue there's nothing (laughs) yeah yeah, there's no building it's just an empty lot (laughs) whatever well whatever it takes i appreciate you uh, on here if you want to hear more of robert check out his podcast kings of the north it's an nfc podcast it's really fun check it out uh follow us on twitter at wolvescast instagram wolvescast pod and uh on canisupis check out all the articles up there because it's good stuff good people all right everybody thank you so much uh come up with your own cold takes let us know and we're excited to watch the next quarter of timberwolves basketball on with you until next time nbd but aoc on abc called the cbd safer than lsd while cp3 told the bbc that kbd cbd is better than kfc with msg